0: Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church.
1: No matter where you are on life's journey.
0: No matter what you believe or doubt. No
2: matter how much or how little you have. No matter your race, gender, or immigration status. And no matter whom you love. You are beloved, belong, are welcome.
3: We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth,
1: God, God doesn't. doesn't. So friends, welcome.
4: Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to worship here at Edmonds United Methodist Church. It is great to be together on this first Sunday of can you believe it 2024. Wow. Then <laughs> and, and what better place to celebrate than to come together here. My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor appointed to this church. And this is- I'm
3: the Reverend Stan Fowler, and assisting with the liturgy and communion today.
4: And we're so thrilled. Thank you, Stan. I appreciate it very much. And now, my friends, um, if you would, well, first, let's welcome the people that are worshiping online. Why don't you turn around and wave at them, if you would? <laughs> welcome, friends. We're glad that you're here as well. And now, without further ado, will you stand and join in the call to worship?
3: We gather wondering, where will we find the babe born in Bethlehem? We will find- gather asking, where will we find the child of Christmas? We gather wanting to know, where will we find the Christ who has come to us? We will find our Where hatred is overwhelmed by love. Where all people are overwhelmed by joy. So let us gather to worship and grow in grace.
4: And now my friends, I would also like to remind you about the connect card. It's a QR code in the bulletin and I believe there are some in the pews, particularly if you have a prayer request, fill that out. Let me know what it is that I can hold in prayer for you this week. And living together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we want to begin worship as we always do, reconciling our hearts to God and one another through the passing of the peace. You may share signs of peace, however is most comfortable for you and your partner. May the peace of Christ be with you all.
2: be seated. Before I call the children up for the children's sermon today, I'm going to start each of our children's sermons, I guess, with an announcement of all the things that we have going on as we keep on keeping on into 2024. So the first thing I want to call to your attention to all the families out there is that we are actually starting up Two community groups in the middle of February one of those community groups is dedicated to progressive parenting so what do you do when maybe the religious views that you grew up with are no longer the religious views you hold and how do you parent your children and that community group is actually going to be run by two different people Diana Nielsen who ran a counseling agency for 19 years who is a former Mormon and then also Kate I hope I'm saying that right, um, who is a retired therapist and a mother, and who is also um, a retired evangelical. So we invite you into that community group if you like. There's more information and also a sign-up sheet back there. We'll be doing a huge electronic blast this month for all of the things uh, that are coming out too with the children and youth programming. So you can sign up in the back and learn more information, and you can also sign up online with an email that's going out. So that's one of the community groups. The second community group is just dedicated to breaking bread together, to sharing a meal together. It's gonna be more informal. It will be monthly or bi-monthly, and it will be run by whoever is interested in partaking. So um, there are sign-up sheets again back there. So exciting things are, are happening around here. Okay, children, come on up. All right, good morning, good morning. Do you recognize that, Ava? Somebody here was a star for Christmas and you had a very important job. Do you remember what your important job was? Who did you lead? The camels and the wise men, that's right. So we are gonna go on a star tour today in the spirit of Epiphany. So it was the wise men who followed the star and does anybody remember why they were following the star? What was the star leading them to? Anybody remember? To find baby Jesus. (gasps) To find Jesus, yes. So we're gonna do a little star tour in the sanctuary to find Jesus. And if you have ideas of where you think Jesus or God might be, you can let me know, but go ahead and stand up. And here's what I'm thinking, come on over. I think that music reminds me a lot of Jesus. Do you ever listen to music? and think of God a little bit? Maybe it's hymns, or maybe it's just music that you love. You I do too, you do? Do any of you have other ideas where in the sanctuary you can see or feel God? Any other thoughts? I'm gonna lead us to another one. Let's go, oh, do you have the an manger... scene? Oh, the manger scene, yes, we can go right over here, look. The nativity scene, I love it. That reminds us of Jesus and God, doesn't it? Does anybody else have thoughts? Okay, let's meander over here. Hmm. What do you think I'm pointing to? The wine and the bread. The wine and the bread, communion. Does anybody know what communion is about? of a tricky one that's where we being closer to God yes yeah it reminds us it's like the Last Supper and we remember what Jesus did for us that he died for us and we can take the the bread and drink the wine or the um, grape juice so that we can feel Jesus in our hearts and feel connected to him any other places in this sanctuary that remind us of God There's no right or wrong answers. The pulpit. Oh, the pulpit. What do you wanna say about the pulpit? The kings on the banner. The king on the banner? Oh, yes, I see. And what is spoken in the pulpit? You might not hear a lot of pulpit speaking because you're out with me. So, yeah, do you have, what do you think? Do they ever read out of the Bible from the pulpit? Yes, and sometimes the pastor speaks scripture and words of wisdom, yep. Okay, I've got one more destination on our tour. Come on over. Do you know where we are? We're surrounded by them. Who are we surrounded by? The people. Jesus tells us wherever two or more are gathered, He is there beside us. So this is just a little star tour for us today. We're going to continue the conversation in Sunday school about where we find God and where Jesus meets us. So let's pray all together. Dear God, God, Thank you for lighting the way way. to your love. love. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to walk out here left and we'll go to
4: Amen. I want to give just a brief word of introduction to the scripture which Kathleen will read for us today. First from Ephesians, the third chapter. Now, most scholars agree that this New Testament letter was not written by Paul, but by someone following in his footsteps a disciple of Paul, perhaps. And it's unclear exactly who was the original audience or the recipients of the letter. But the central concern of Ephesians is very clear. The emphasis is on Christ's exaltation above the powers of the cosmos and identification of believers with this triumphant exaltant Christ. In the verses which Kathleen will read for us today, the author makes the unmistakable point that Christ is not only above all powers on earth and in heaven, but that the salvation he offers is for all people, which is in line with Ephesians emphasis on the universal nature of the gospel, that it is intended for Jews and Gentiles alike. The second lesson comes from the gospel according to Matthew, the second chapter, and here we find a familiar post-Christmas story of the Magi coming to visit the infant Jesus. Now interestingly, Matthew is the only gospel to include this story. Apparently, it is there to support this gospel's concern for the inclusive nature of Christ's mission. You see, the Magi are not Jews. They come from Persia, some distance away, geographically, politically, and socially. And unlike the religious elites of Jesus' community, it is these outsiders who respond to Jesus with adoration. The story ends with the Magi needing to rethink and recalculate their journey home. Not a bad idea for us on this first Sunday of the year. Let's listen now as Kathleen reads the
0: scripture for us. Good morning, church. My name is Kathleen Hallam. The first scripture reading is supposed to be Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12 from the Common English Bible Version. Please rise in whatever way is meaningful for you for the reading of the scripture. This is why I, Paul, am a prisoner of Christ for you Gentiles. You've heard, of course, about the responsibility to distribute God's grace, which God gave to me for you, right? God showed me his secret plan in a revelation, as I mentioned briefly before. When you read this, you'll understand my insight into the secret plan about Christ. Earlier generations didn't know this hidden plan that God has now revealed to his holy apostles and disciples and prophets through the Spirit. This plan is that the Gentiles would be co-heirs and parts of the same body and that they would share with the Jews in the promises of God in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I became a servant of the gospel because of the grace that God showed me through the exercise of his power. God gave his grace to me, the least of all God's people, to preach the good news about the immeasurable riches of Christ to the Gentiles. God sent me to reveal the secret plan that had been hidden since the beginning of time by God, who created everything. God's purpose is now to show the rulers and powers in the heavens that many varieties of his wisdom through the of his wisdom through the church. This was consistent with the plan he had from the beginning of time that he accomplished through Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ We have bold and confident access to God through faith. The second scripture lesson is from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea through the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the newborn King of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem of Judea, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd by people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you've found him, report to me, so that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went. And look, the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother. Falling to their knees, they honored him. Then they opened their treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Because they were warned in a dream, not to return to Herod. They went back to their own country by a different route. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Please join in the hymn of preparation.
4: be seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ who calls us together this day. Happy New Year! Year. As we enter into this clean slate, 358 days, not counting today because we might have already screwed today up, We still have 358 days yet to be seen, explored, and experienced. So it's good to reflect on where we have been and where we might be going. Now when I do this, I often pull out a few journals from recent years just to be reminded where I've been. So recently, I happened upon my journal entry from January 1, 2020. And this is what it said. The house is quiet. The leftover cookies and the abundance of the refrigerator have been consigned to the trash. Soon the outdoor lights will return to the garage and the business of living will return to normal. Yeah, right. (laughs) Was I ever wrong about that return to normal stuff? We all know now that 2020 was far from normal. About as far as we have ever seen. So I could feel pretty ridiculous about that journal entry. But though I was wrong, at least I was in very good company. For who among us on January 1st of 2020 could have predicted all that was to come? Who could have known that the business of living was going to get about as far from normal as possible? Well, today is Epiphany Sunday in the life of the church. Today, we begin a season in which we pay attention to the ways that God is revealed in our midst. This is a season of revelation, of recognizing God's action in reaching out to humanity and our response of awakening to God's invitation. It is a season of unexpected joys and happy coincidences, as well as unexpected challenges and sometimes dreadful calamities. So it is a good season, an excellent one in fact, to admit to ourselves and even to one another, aha, I might be wrong. We all know that saying I am right is a thrill. Indeed, it is sweet to be right And it is downright savory to point out that someone else is wrong. (laughs) But before we give up on wrongness too quickly and retreat to our fortress of certainty, let's look for a moment at the blessing to be found in the awareness that, aha, I might be wrong. You see, being wrong helps us learn and grow. Being wrong invites us to listen. Catherine Schultz has written a whole book about this. It's called On Being Wrong. And she writes this, to err is to wander. And wandering is the way we discover the world. It is also the way we discover ourselves. Being right might be gratifying, but in the end, it is static, a mere statement. Being wrong is hard and humbling and sometimes even dangerous. But in the end, it is a journey and a story, inexplicable or inextricable from some of our most honorable qualities. Things like empathy and optimism, imagination and conviction and courage. So here we are on Epiphany Sunday where we are given a great story about being wrong. The story of the Magi and their visit to baby Jesus. Who were these guys? And what made them embark on such a perilous journey? Well, my friends, hold on to your hats. I'm about to debunk the myth of the wise men. You see, all children's pageants aside, they were not kings. We made up that part just a few hundred years ago to make them look good. We sing about we three kings of Orient are, but there is nothing in the Bible that says these guys were royal. Or for that matter, there is nothing that says there were three of them. And honestly, they could not have been that wise. When you think about it, they get lost along the way. So what do they do? They go to Herod of all people and ask for directions. I mean, really, what in the world were they thinking? (laughs) These non-Jewish foreigners, these Gentiles, they go to Herod, the current king of the Jews, and they say, where can we find the newborn king? Well, how did they think that was gonna go over with Herod? (laughs) What did they think would happen? Now, the rare and rather obscure word that Matthew uses in this gospel, and remember, This is the only gospel that tells this story. The word has nothing to do with being wise or, get this, even with being men. You see, the word that is used is not wise men, but magi. The same word from which we get our word, magician. Magi in the ancient world were generally fortune tellers, astrologers, dream interpreters, and the like. And in Persia, where these travelers originated, women were allowed to join and be magi in their own right. So these guys, there weren't three of them, they were not kings, they weren't always so smart, and they may even have been women. Still, they must have been studying the stars for some time before setting out to find the infant Jesus. They ended up in Jerusalem, about nine miles from Bethlehem. They had been wrong. And yet from these magi, we see how being wrong makes space for mystery and puts us on a journey which creates a story inextricable from qualities like courage and hope and faithfulness. Again, Catherine Schultz suggests, we get it in the abstract. We know we all make mistakes. But when it comes right down to our basic beliefs in the present tense we inhabit, we do not want to admit that we are wrong. I think we are like wily e. coyote chasing the road runner through every Saturday morning cartoon. Madly dashing after that bird, the coyote rushes off the cliff. You've seen this a thousand times. It takes him a minute to realize he is no longer on solid ground. What is easy for the roadrunner who can fly is potentially deadly for the coyote who crashes to the ground over and over again. We are like wily e. coyote. We live within a bubble of brightness, imagining we are still on solid ground even as we plummet to the ground, landing in a heap of excuses and rationalizations. Schultz goes on, early on in life, we learn that people who get things wrong are lazy, irresponsible dimwits and that the way to succeed in life is to never make a mistake. We equate getting something wrong with there being something wrong with us. So insisting we are right makes us feel secure and worthy and safe. When someone disagrees with us, we assume they are ignorant. When that doesn't work, When it turns out that those people have all the same facts that we have, then we assume they are idiots. When it turns out they have all the same facts and they are pretty smart, we move on to another assumption, that they know the truth but are deliberately trying to subvert it. What is most tragic about this is that it misses the whole point of being human. 1,200 years before Descartes said his famous thing about I think, therefore I am, 1,200 years before that, Saint Augustine sat down and wrote Fallo Ergo Sum, I err, therefore I am. You see, Augustine understood what St. Paul and the Gospel writers knew firsthand, that our propensity to make mistakes is not some kind of unfortunate defect of creation or evolution. It is a fundamental quality of what makes us human. The Magi, they were not the only ones to have seen an unusual star, certainly. They were just the ones wise enough, or bold enough, inquisitive enough, or maybe even foolish enough to follow it. After they visited the Holy Family, Matthew tells us they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. So they left for their own country by another road. You see, I think they said to themselves, Aha! We might be wrong! And then they had faith enough, or maybe grace enough, to recalculate and go home by another way. My friends, we stand on the threshold of a new year in which we can choose to deny our mistakes, and ignore our shortcomings or in which we could instead step outside that tiny terrified space of rightness and look around ourselves at the vastness and mystery of the universe and somehow find grace enough to say, aha, I don't know, but I might be wrong. In so doing, we will recalculate and go home ourselves by another way, where we too might glimpse not only that star of wonder, but better yet, the perfect light of Christ to which it points. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we come now before God in a time of prayer I would invite you to take a look at the prayer list found in the back of the bulletin we'll take a few moments in silence to allow you to raise these persons and circumstances and those closest to your own hearts this day let us pray O gracious and loving God we give you thanks that we have made it to yet another new year we give you thanks for the grace for the love for your presence which has sustained us and guided us and continues to do so this day we do pray O God as we face a new year We pray for the courage to be open to all that it may hold the good, the difficult, the beautiful, the ugly. Give us the courage to ask complicated questions. Give us the faith to know we might not always be right and help us to know that that is not anything more than a sign of our humanness. As we open our hearts, let us open our hands to care for one another, to steward this world as you would have us. Help us, O God, to be among those who not only seek to follow a star, but who seek to live in the light of Christ. In whose name we pray, amen.
3: On this Epiphany Sunday, as we remember the star struck Magi who came and knelt To adore the Christ child and offered their treasures to him. We have the opportunity, as we do every Sunday, to offer our treasures to Christ, for his spirit to fill them and use them in our midst and our community. So I invite you to be generous in your giving this morning. The offering plate will be passed in the sanctuary, and then if you are online, you may give in two ways, online at edmondsumcorg give or by sending a check via mail to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds 98020. Thank you for supporting the ministries and staff of EMUC. Let us with gladness present the offerings of our life and of our labor unto the Lord. Hmm. Um. we thank you for all of the gifts that you bring into our lives for the gift of this good earth for the gift of family and friends and the love they bring for the gift of this community of faith where we can explore and grow in our understanding of Christ and serving him pray that you will bless these gifts that they may truly further your love and your healing in this broken world In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
4: As we come to the Lord's table this day, I invite you to join in the liturgy. The Lord be with you.
3: also with you.
4: Lift up your hearts.
3: We lift them to the Lord.
4: Let us give thanks to God. It is is right right to to give our our thanks thanks and and praise. praise. We give you thanks and praise, O God, because we know your story of love. We cling to these tales of our ancestors, of how you showed up in the hard times and how you rejoiced in the great times. How you moved the waters, quieted the storms, turned the hearts, mended the brokens, toppled the unjust, loved the angry, fed the hungry, and forgave the wrongs. We give thanks for that moment when you sent yourself here to be with us in the life of Jesus. We give thanks that even all these years later, you keep showing up born into our hearts and into our world in bold new ways every day, still. We know that through the Spirit you are at work in us, still hoping, still healing, still leading the way, and loving us always. We give thanks for the mystery of this thing we call faith, for the tradition we call church, and for the gift we call ministry in your name. And so we lift our hearts in joyful praise and join our voices with believers from every time and place in singing to your glory. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth
3: are full of your glory. Hosanna in the
4: highest. The one who comes in God's name, Hosanna in the highest.
3: Long ago, Jesus was born to a faithful couple in a humble place, announced by angels and made known by a star. But on a different night, under a different set of stars, the Christ now grown and at the other end of his side, gathered his friends and they shared a meal on that night. Jesus took the bread and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you and for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we remember the birth the life, the ministry, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ.
4: We join in his story and boldly follow that star as a people people who await his His coming again again in glory.
3: Holy One, now send your spirit upon these gifts and we who receive them, let them be for us signs and symbols, tangible evidence of your grace in our lives this day. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we also pray. Our Our Father Father in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be be your your name.
4: Your Your kingdom
3: come, come, your your will will be done, done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread.
4: And and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I would like to invite the servers to come forward and after they have been served, you all are invited to come up where you can receive bread and dip it in the cup. If you need gluten-free bread, it will be at a uh, station in the middle. And all, all of you, all people are welcome to this, which is God's table, not the church's table. It belongs to God. join me in the prayer after receiving. Gracious God, you have shared Jesus with us. By your Spirit, make us now one with Christ and one with all who share in this feast, who share in this story, who share in your love, and send us out from this place to boldly love in your name. Amen. (coughs) Excuse me, I have just a couple of announcements. (coughs) Excuse me, a little bit of bread, maybe. Uh, (laughs) Um, First of all, I want to say thank you to all of you who participated in showing your love and support for all of our staff through the stockings. And to uh, Lori and all of the knitters for the beauty of the stockings themselves, it was really an amazing outpouring of love and it was much, much appreciated. And I know there was a little note in the E-News, but just wanted in case you didn't read the E-News to extend a great thank you on behalf of all the staff. There was also another little announcement in the E-News that um, (laughs) some of you are probably saying, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Truly, my friends, we have done a lot of really good work in the last couple of years, and it just has built upon many, many years that you all have been doing God's work. And we're at a place where come July 1, this congregation will be ready to take off. And I really believe that the timing is great for the church to have a new, hopefully long-term pastor. And uh, I wanted to just tell you just a very brief bit about the process, uh, because I know it always uh, creates a bit of anxiety for congregations. Uh, You know that we are not a called uh, ministry, but we are an appointed ministry meaning that the bishop and the superintendents meet together, having already had a lot of consultation with our staff parish relations folks in this congregation about what is needed, and knowing a lot about the congregation, reading the church's profile, and then um, if there are clergy who have read the profile who say, hey, that sounds like me, I could do that, they are welcome to put their name out and to see if they are perhaps the ones that are discerned. And so because this announcement was made so early, now remember, you're not getting rid of me tomorrow. You got six months to wait it out. And we're gonna continue to do great work together in the next six months. Um, But it had to be made this early because the bishop told me he's starting the appointment season with Edmonds. What this means, my friends, is we get the pick of the litter! (laughs) Yes! (laughs) And um, I've been busy spreading the news to all the clergy I know that this is a fabulous congregation, a great place to be, and I'm sincerely, I believe there will be a lot of people expressing an interest, and I trust the process of prayerful deliberation that will go on at the cabinet table to bring us the very best person. Once that person is identified and they are contacted and they agree to go forward, there will be an introductory meeting with the uh, administrative board functioning as staff parish. Once that is complete, the person's name will be announced. So you don't have to sit on pins and needles a terribly long time. Um, and hopefully, depending on where the person is coming from, there may even be opportunity for them to visit while I'm still here, and there can be a smooth transition. So that's way too much about uh, this process, more than you wanted to know, Um, but I do have a couple other quick announcements. We do need some help today, hanging off the greens. We've all enjoyed them immensely during the Christmas season, but now it's time to take them down and put them away. So if you can stay for even half an hour following coffee uh, time to help with that, it will be greatly appreciated. And also you'll note that there are a few other announcements that are very important in the back of the bulletin, such as the Environmental Eating for Everyone, which begins uh, January 14th, that's next Sunday. And uh, I want you to make note of Family Church and the new model for Sunday School and I believe now we are ready for our closing hymn. Let us stand and sing together. friends let us walk proudly in the light of Christ for faith ought not to be some puny thing if we believe let us believe like giants and may God grant us not only grace but also glory as we go forth to share the peace of Christ amen